Praise the Lord. All right. Good morning, church. I am, as Aaron said, that I am not nervous at all. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, but I really thank God for using a weaker vessel like me to share his word. Uh, and I'm really excited. At the same time, I'm a little nervous. Um, but I really thank God for this opportunity to share his word, to bring his word to our church family. And I also want to thank Pastor Sean uh, for letting me uh, share the word for this week. Um, you know, as all of you know, the fall is here. Officially, yesterday was a fall. You know, how, would you, how do I know, you know? I opened my fridge and I saw a pumpkin spice. Cream. I'm like, well, where did this thing come from? So, you know, men, we are not excited for anything. I, you know, women are excited for Christmas or even for like fall. Uh, men is happy only with one shirt, one pan. They're happy, good to go, right? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, the, so officially, fall is here. That's awesome. So today. Uh, the message is going to be a little different than what Pastor Sean has been preaching uh, in the series. Uh, but uh, this is what God put in my heart. And it's been in my heart for, a, for some time. I've been thinking about it. And uh, so whatever you're going to hear today is what I've been processing. I typed down, uh, put it down, you know, typed down on what I'm going to speak. And, uh, and uh, you, honestly, when I was preparing for my sermon, you have to see how many versions of how am I going to approach this topic? How am I going to say? But at last, I said, Holy Spirit, Lord, Spirit of God, you lead me how you want to speak and what it's important for us. So anyway, let's open our Bibles. Uh, or we, we have a screen, actually. Uh, we're going to read through some scriptures. Uh, then we'll go forward. Deut in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12, it says, and now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. In Exodus chapter 20, 20, we see, Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. In Luke chapter 150, we see, His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. In Psalms 86, 11, we see Psalms crying out. He says that, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Let's pray before we go any further. Father, as we read your scripture, as I'm going to speak, I ask you that you fill me with your spirit, that I speak right and speak accurately about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, every week, Grace, you know, whenever, uh, every week, Grace picks up the songs which goes along with the sermon theme. And she came to me and asked me, what are you going to preach on this coming Sunday? What's this, your theme so I can prepare the songs? I said, fear God. She gave me a look. It's almost like, seriously? 
where would I go find the songs on Fear God? <laughs> Apparently, there are not many songs who thinks about fear, fear the Lord, fear God. So, uh, sometimes we as Christians, we don't think enough about fear of God. Sometimes we ask you, if anybody asks you, what does it even mean to fear God? How do you answer? My life, as I experience, this has been uh, in my heart for a while, thinking about it, uh, looking at the present culture. We know that the present culture doesn't even fear God. You know, if you take uh, transgenderism or politically, or there is no God in anything. Um, and especially, it, it hit me more hard when I see my own family who call themselves Christians, who profess that they are Christians, they are saved, but if you look at the lifestyle, there is no reverence or there is no inch of fear in their lifestyle. And I'm like, what is that where the culture is as a Christians, our modern generation, our coming up generations, as we are walking into the future? If there is no fear of God, there is no foundation for biblical principles. Right. If you don't fear God, then the rest of all is we, we are our own gods. Last week, Pastor Sean talked about power hunger. People sell this power for people so they can be control of their own lives. But when we fear God, it brings us to humbleness that somebody's control over us, not ourselves. Sometimes in the scriptures when we see, it's a constant remember, reminder that fear God. Not only fear God, but teach your children to fear God. When I was preparing this sermon, I was at a coffee shop on downtown Reading, and I was, as I was typing down, when I came to this portion, when I was trying to speak, uh, as I was preparing, there was a, two people, a lady with a laptop typing down, and I think they are Messianic Jewish or Jewish people. They're talking about anti-Semitism, Hitler. I could hear them talk about you know, Luther or Calvin, all these things. But something very clear I was able to hear, he said that evangelical churches or evangelical parents don't teach their children to fear God. I was like so shocked myself, like I was working on this subject and I heard this. I was like, whoa! So evangelicals, so probably he's not evangelical, I don't know what he is, but evangelical churches or parents don't teach their children to fear God. And in the Bible, if you see, we all know how many times fear not or don't be afraid. We know 365 days, we always say that we have, for each day we have fear not. But in the scripture, we see there are more than 300 times it says to fear God. Fear him, reverence him, be in awe of him. Sometimes modern churches, they represent God as a fuzzy, cuddly, feel-good God, which is true of him. He's a comforter. He, but sometimes we overemphasize on love and grace, which doesn't represent the whole of God. You know, some of the pastors teach us moral therapeutic deism rather than hard truth about God and the true gospel that honors God. Oh, sometimes we might say, hey, it's an Old Testament, it's not a New Testament. Have you seen in the New Testament when Ananias and Sapphira they came to God, Peter, Peter, the disciple's word, it says that 
The one who buried your husband, they're coming to come bury you? If you look all the way to, have you ever even read the Revelation? You know, in, in Acts, we see in chapter 9, 31, it says the, that the church throughout the Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed the time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit in the increased in numbers. If the church have to grow, they have to be in fear of the Lord. And they have to be led by the Holy Spirit, encouraged by the Holy Spirit. So we, we, this is where we should begin. We have to begin if you want people to come to know Christ, if you want our church to grow, our starting point is fear the Lord. So uh, sometimes uh, we say that we, sometimes we only preach on love of God. Sometimes, hey, I love God, just like how I love my coffee, how I like to walk on my park, or how I sit on my beach. Is it the same love? When you come to God, there should be some kind of awe or reverence. Love, we put God into the same category as we love anything, sitting with a coffee on a cold day on, near the fire. Is it the same as fear loving God? There's a difference. When we come before the throne of King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, as we read in the Psalms, He created everything with His breath. He created the universe. With His word, He created the whole earth. And if you see in Psalms, He says that He stores the water of the sea in jars. Like He's trying to, the Psalms is trying to portray to express what a God is like. You know, sometimes we tend to focus only on the moral goodness of God, but God is beyond that. He's more of power and authority. And today I would like to walk through some of them. I try to explain or give you some examples to make us more understand who God is. I'll try, but I think no uh, examples or illustration can fathom how mighty God is. So, So, but we'll see in the scripture, whenever a people meet God, Whenever they come in encounter with God, they tremble, they fall on their knees and cry out for their lives. They're almost like a dead. So I I have a few examples I'm trying to uh, go through. First, I was looking, when we look at um, how do we express God, uh, first came to my mind was lion. So I was looking, how do I express God as a lion? He's the king of... So when Jesus came first time, he came as a lamb. But next, when he's coming, he's coming as a... Lion, have you ever seen a lion? How mighty, majestic he is. Yeah. When he walks, there is a, comes a fear in us. Yeah. Yeah. And in, uh, if uh, in uh, Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis portrays Jesus as a lion, the Aslan. When uh, Lucy asks uh, the Mr. Beaver, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver said, is he safe? Of course not. He's not safe, but he is good. He is good. You know, when we look at a stand at the ocean and look at the vastness of ocean, it is, wow, how big the ocean is. There, but also when you stand at the fear, there is also a sense of a fear in it. Imagine the whole wave come and swallows us up. There is some kind of trembling, but it's at the same time you look at it and say, wow. When you stand before God, it is, he's like a mighty ocean. That brings not only uh, like a, a reverence and awe to it, but also some kind of a fear yeah. before God. Sometimes we look at God as a f- 
consuming fire in the scriptures we see in Hebrew. He writes about it. We know the, how fire is. Fire destroys everything it's in front of you. It consumes everything. It doesn't leave anything. So God is that kind of God. So sometimes as a church, as we forget, or as a believers, we forget to, to look at God as which we can tremble to us. You know, in Exodus chapter, you know, chapter 19 and 20, when the people of God, God is making the covenant with his Israelites after coming out of the Egypt at the Mount Sinai, we see when God comes down to make this covenant, in chapter 19 and 20, the whole camp was trembled. The people of Israel were trembling. Not only the people, it's amazing. When God came, he came down as a thunder and lightning. Imagine if you're in the camp, what will happen? Your house is shaking. Your camp is shaking when God's come down. He comes down as a fire. There's a mighty smoke. So it, is, it looks like almost like a movie theater or something. But this is the truth. When God comes... It is something different. The nature is different. The surroundings are different. And even the mountains tremble in the scripture it says. And people cried out to Moses. People were afraid and trembled. They stood far off and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen. But don't let God speak to us lest we die. And even later chapters we see Moses want to see God. The God who is making covenant with this new Israelites people for the future, the, the promised land. And Moses wants to see him, but God says, You cannot see my face, for no one can shall see me and live alive. Wow. God is telling that to Moses. Do you think you can stand before him? And God, it's, it's a beautiful picture where it says, God tells him, like, you know, you're a silly person, Moses, but... I'll try my best for you without you dying. You stand behind the rock, and also not only just behind the rock, but I'll put my hand and cover you with my right hand, and I pass by you. So it's not even just hiding behind the rock doesn't help him. God himself have to put his hand to protect him. And so people can see him. So, And we see more of examples, like how mighty God is. Um, in transfiguration, when Jesus was on the mountain praying, we see Moses and Elijah. Elisha came down, and, uh, and as soon as there's a voice came from heaven, this is my son, listen to him. They were, the, uh, the disciples were trembling, and they fall on their knees. We see that. When the, there's a presence of God, there's a trembling. There's a presence of God, there is a fear, there is a reverence, there is a honest, there is a majestic, the greatness fall upon us. In Isaiah, we see as Isaiah was taken up to heaven, he looked at God, the mighty nation, he said, he looked up to himself, he said, I'm a sinful, unworthy person, I'm in a place of holiness. In Revelation, the John, the Baptist, John, not the Baptist, the John in Revelation, he describes when he saw the glorified Jesus in heaven, he said, I fell like a dead man. When you look at Jesus, when his presence, his power, we fall like a dead man. You know, and Jesus said, fear not, I am the first and the last. Don't be afraid. So we also see in the scripture of Matthew chapter 10, 28, he says, this is the words of our Savior. This is what he says. He says, do not fear for those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, 
Fear him who can destroy both soul and the body in hell. So whom are we dealing with? We are dealing with a mighty God. That the whole earth trembles. The whole earth shakes. We need to have this reverence when we come to God. We should not forget. Sometimes casualness. Sometimes becomes takes away the trembleness from us. Sometimes a routine takes away the reverence for God. We, don't, we take things for granted. And we lay down. But trembling before God takes away casualness. So how do we tremble? I'm still learning. How do we fear God? I'm still learning. That's why in Paul encourages in Philippians, we say, work out your salvation with trembling and fear. We are, we are learning to tremble before God. We are learning to fear God. We have to fear God. We have to have the reverence for him. That will help us in going future. So, enough of that. So, we, there are two types of fears in, our, uh, in, the, in the scriptures we see. There are fear for unbelievers. There's a fear for, uh, for believers. So unbelievers, should unbelievers should fear God? Yes, they should fear God for his judgment and the wrath that is to come. In Romans chapter 2, verse we says, Because of your stubbornness and your unrepented heart, you're storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. You know, one author said that God's wrath is his love in action against sin. When you look at the scripture, sometimes we don't want to focus on, sometimes some of the church don't want to focus on the wrath of God or the judgment he's going to bring because of his holiness, because of his justice. It is the, God's wrath is in love in action against sinner. It is not God is sending them to uh, hell, or God is sending them the showing of the wrath. It's them. It's their stubbornness. It's at their unrepented hearts is storing up the wrath. So unbelievers should fear for God. But for believers, in 1 John chapter 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Here, the author speaks about the punishment is the separation from God. You know, so thankfully, there is no fear for believers because we are in Christ Jesus. The fear has been passed away because Christ took that place for us. He took that, that wrath that needs to come for believers. Whoever puts trust in him, we don't have to fear for the punishment that is to come. But we are in Jesus. So, in the scripture... When we see, not all fears are same. Whenever we hear the word fear, it has a bad connotation, don't we? You know, we, 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 this culture also, like, fear kind of gives you some uncomfortableness. It's like, I don't want to be fearful. I want to be my own person. You know, it's like postmodern thought. You, you, go, girl, you do whatever you want. Or, and I'm just randomly, not girl or anybody. Go do whatever you want. You become whatever you want. It's self-centeredness, self-authority, self-consumation. You know, it's not dependent on God or God's word or God's authority. So sometimes, because fear, also fear comes when you're afraid of some things. You know, you, the you fear comes when you love somebody so much. You know, you fear for your kids. You fear for your, 
uh, health, you fear for your houses, or you fear for those. So there's different kinds of fears we have. But in the Bible, when God talks about fear, not all fears are the same. There are some unhealthy fears. There are some good fears. For all fears are unhealthy or unpleasant. Sometimes scripture speaks about right fears and wrong fears. So we try to tackle this thing. We try to go through this. What is the right fear and wrong fear? First, let's go to the right fear. What is right fear? In the scripture, it says the right fear of God is, in the Proverbs 1, 7, we all know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is the right fear. This is not something wrong fear. This is the right fear. And in Proverbs 19, we also see that fear of the Lord is the wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is the understanding. I try to summarize this in one word. I tried. Fear of God teaches us the knowledge, how to live for God, and wisdom shows us how to live right for God. For example, I was looking, what is the, how would I explain like wisdom and knowledge? Some to get example, and I found this funny illustration. I said that, um, what is the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting tomato in fruit salad. <laughs> you see? So, so when you fear the Lord, we have a knowledge how to live for God and the wisdom, it helps you apply the knowledge you have about God. So when you, it only happens only when you fear God. So if you want the knowledge to how to tackle the situation in the life, the fears we face in our life, whatever situation we have, it's the fear of the Lord that takes away all, gives us the wisdom and the knowledge how to live our life. And, in, um, and we'll see in Luke 1, 15, uh, 50, we, as we read, the mercy is those for who fear him from generation to generation. It is his mercy comes to people who fear, right fear of God. In Proverbs 14, 27, it says, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Wow. We always have this tendency that for fear is the wrong thing. But here it said, fearing the right fear of God gives us a fountain of life. The fountain of life which we will see which we, we, when we have, when the Lord comes back, when the new earth, new heavens come, there's a fountain of life. God speaks in Revelation. We can experience that here at least to some sense when we fear God. The fear of the Lord is a strong confidence. It takes away all our confidence or our weaknesses, but the fear of the Lord gives us a confidence and his ch children shall have a place of refuge. In Malachi chapter 3, 16, it says, For those who fear the Lord, who meditate on his name, they shall be mine, says the Lord of the host. Those who fear the Lord and meditate on his name. How many times have we meditate on his name? We meditate on our own situations, on our own fears, what, what is the future looks like? How is my health? What is about my situation? Or whatever that looks like in our lives. Where, what are your meditation? But fear of the Lord is who meditate on his name. He said, they shall be mine. In Psalms 31, how great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. His goodness is for those who fear him. 
In Psalm 33, 18, Behold, the eyes of the Lord is on those who fear him. The God, the God's eyes is on those who fear him. How wonderful is that? We fear God. His eyes is upon us because we are focused on him alone. He is our authority. He is our greatness. He is our power. So now let's look at the wrong fears. For believers in the scripture, fear of God does not mean to be afraid of God or scared of God, but rather when we study, look at the scripture, we see right fear of God takes away all other fears. Amen. Amen. Right fear of God takes away all other fears. In, In a way, the right fear of God controls all other fears. Sometimes we fear God out of legalistic. You know, when you do fear something legalistic, there is no uh, love for it. I have to give you an example. Um, many of you know I play cajon drums. And some of you know the story, some of you doesn't know. Uh, I learned to play drums um, when I was a kid. Uh, my mom noticed me that I can play drums. I play on the on the dining table or grab anything, I started hitting it, and my mom said, hey, seems like you could play a drums. I think you should play in the church. And obviously, I would say, no, I'm scared. I don't want to do it. Do you know what my mom did? She put me in a dark room in India, in, in a ba- bathroom, actually, because uh, in India, we have houses here, bathrooms are outside, so you have to walk. And she locked me in the bathroom and said, unless you say you're going to play, uh, play the drums in the church, I'm not going to bring you out. And I'm like, okay, I still remember it. My mom thinks she didn't do that. She's not that bad. <laughs> but I remember it. And uh, yeah, I said yes. Then since then, every Sunday, I used to take two pillows to, uh, with me. We had a bongos in India. So I put a chair, put a two pillows, and sit on the pillow, and I played songs. And I have to tell the ahead, like, these are the songs you want, like, songs I know to play. Sometimes I did it because I feared my mom putting in the dark room. A dark bathroom, let's say. <laughs> that is legalism. You fear because you, you're afraid of God. And a lot of other religions teach you that. You have to fear God because you will be punished. Sometimes it comes to even to our Christians. Oh my goodness, if I don't fear God, I might be, God might punish me. Or he's going to take away things I like. Or something bad is going to happen. And that's what the thought of Jewish people at the time. Whose sin is this? Who made this? And is it because of his sin he became like this? This is how he born the lame man or the blind man. There is a legalistic way of, there is no intimacy. Sometimes that's how we fear God. Sometimes even Christian comes with the wrong fear of God. Sometimes wrong fears also make us run away from God. In the scripture, we see Adam, what he did do, do, he ran away from God when he knows that he made some, he sinned against him. We'll see in the Genesis, in, in Genesis, we see when God came and, hey guys, where are you? And the Adam said, he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Sometimes we run away from God because we fear him. We are ashamed of ourselves. Rather coming to God, rather running to God, sometimes we tend to hide it 
hide our sin or hide our fears or hide everything, rather bring to the God who created heaven and earth, who knows each and everybody. There is nothing you can hide from God, neither behind a rock, under the sea, or, or anywhere in the sky. We can, we, instead of running to God, sometimes because of our fears, we run away from God. And we realize we are naked. We are unworthy or we are weak. And as I gave you before example, sometimes we fear for our lives, for children, or even something like rejection, what others might think. But in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 12 to 13, God speaking to Isaiah, he said, not fear what they fear. He's talking to the, don't be fear like people who are unbelievers who fear. Not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. So today, God is asking us, whatever fears we have, let that not be fear like unbelievers, but that the Lord be our fear. Let him be our dread. So one Michael Reese, he's a professor, he uh, put the, the words this way, he put it this way. The fear of God is the death of every other fear. Like a mighty lion, it chases all other fears before it. There is nothing a lion fears. Fear of God is a death to every other fear. Proper fear of God controls all other fears. Proper fear of God makes us depend on God. Proper fear of God makes us throw ourselves at the feet of Jesus, at the feet of God, at the cross. Proper fear of God humbles us from any prideness that I can pull myself with my own boots. Proper fear of God gives us the strength when we are afraid or weak or fearful. So right fear of God takes away all other fears. Amen. Are you still with me? Good. This is the finally. How can we come to God that we fear? Is through Jesus Christ. We were enemies for God. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He became a ransom for us. He justified us. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 to 11, it says, Though he was a form of a God, did not count equality. He emptied himself, born like a likeness of men, humbled himself, obedient to a point of death. This should bring us to our knees. The God, same God who was talking to Moses and Israelites, they feared. The same God in the revelation, we, some, we see him, he's going to come back as a lion, as a judge. He's going to, he's Alpha Omega, the first and the last. Yeah. A God who has a mighty, be worshipped holy, 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 day and night. And he, obedient to humble himself, become like a man, emptied himself to the point of death by human beings. This should bring us a sense of honest, reverence, a God of fear. Oh my goodness, am I playing with a fire? Yeah. But he humbled him. So this should bring us to our knees. Come before him. You know, uh, one, um, Michael Reeves, he's saying, he said this, this, he said, in saving us from his own wrath, God has done what we could not do. And he has done what we didn't deserve. We can't help ourselves. So God has to come to save us from his own wrath. And but do we deserve it? No. 
But even though we were still sinners, Christ came for us. He humbled himself. So if we confess our sins, in John we say he's faithful to forgive, cleanses from all unrighteousness. His kindness leads to repentance. You know, um, one pastor said this is, kindness of God leads to repentance, but the fear of God keeps us from repenting in an ongoing fashion. In Philippians 2, 12, 13, we have mentioned that before, he said, he reminds the church, Paul reminds the church, don't take your salvation for granted or casual, but fear and trembling before God, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his goodness, for good pleasure. So let's work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Come before the Lord with the right reverence, in awe, how mighty, how majestic, how greater he is. So in Hebrew, in Hebrews chapter 12, 28, 29, the chapter 12, he, the author, this chapter 12 is describes about the Moses encounter, uh, Moses encounter with God and the people encounter with God on the Mount Sinai. He, re, he compares it with Jesus, that Jesus is going to come back in the Mount Zion, in Jerusalem, and how it is going to be. And uh, by the end, he, this is how he describes the Christ is our mediator. We can come to God without fearing. Or we, um, so here, this is how he ends with the worst chapter, at the end of this uh, chapter. He says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving the kingdom that cannot be shaken. What kingdom we have received? It's God's kingdom. Whoever believes in Christ, we have part of the kingdom. We have a God's kingdom in us, and we are part of the kingdom. So therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken through Jesus. And thus, let us offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So Hebrew writer talking about Jesus, that we are part of his kingdom, which is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen for that. We are part of that kingdom that cannot be shaken. The world may come, the people may come, the politicians may come, politics may come, the things we like, we don't like. But in the Psalms, we read in chapter 33, the passage we read from today, here he talks about, uh, uh, he talks about, let me see here. So uh, he talks about where the plants of the nations are going to be froiled. Uh, well, let's see. I, I missed uh, the passage I went up, down. Uh, okay, whatever the nation plants, he foils them. Let all the people of the world revere him. The eyes of the Lord, those who fear him, and those who hope is in his unfailing love. Yeah. Right fear of God, trembling before him for who he is. He made, the, in the Psalms 33, he, he go, continue to say that, he made the world by his word. Stray, a starry, starry host by breath of his mouth. He gathers water from the sea into jars. He looks down from heaven. No king is saved by the size of the army. But whatever nation plans, he foils them. So we see that no king can, a king can be saved by the size of an army. There is nothing that can save anybody. 
We are in the kingdom. The kings cannot be saved by this army or kings, politicals or anything that cannot be saved by anything. But it's a God's kingdom that is unshaken. We are the part of it. So let's come before God in acceptable worship. Sometimes when we come to worship, I think about like, okay, where I'm going to sit when you come to the church. Or sometimes people think where I'm going to park. I'm going to park near to the kids' place where I can get the kids out. But in the scripture, I don't know, however you prepare your hearts coming to church today. But it says, come to God in acceptable worship with reverence and awe. That should be how we have to come before God when we worship. For our God is a consuming fire. So let's realize and uh, recognize that our God who deserves more glory and honor and reverence and let our lives be live for God in uh, good reverence. I think music team can come up. Oh, there is. Oh, there you go. I'm looking for. So uh, I would like everybody to just close your eyes and pray for a little bit. Lord, let's examine our heart. Is there any sense we are not fearful? Did we take you for granted? Let's ask ourselves. And are we learning to tremble before God? Father, we come before you today. We ask you, teach us how to be reverent, how to be, tremble before your throne of God. You are mighty than us. You are greater than us. You created this earth, these nations, this universe by your word, by your breath. You store up the sea in a jar and you hide them in the deep sea. Lord, if there is any less view of God, we love you just like we love everything. Please forgive us, Lord. Help us to have this reverent heart towards you. Help us to love you with all our heart, not just 20% or 50%, but help us to fear you with 100% with the reverence come to you, Lord.